0: Hey, what's up monkeys? This is show number 13 of the Arm Podcast. I'm your host Tony. Thanks again for joining me and spending some time with me today. On today's show, we're going to uh, have a couple of knife reviews. I got one from Alex, and I also have one from Rich. Alex is doing one on the Jim Wagner blade, and Rich is doing one on the RTAC RC5 All right, before we jump in too deep, let's go ahead and get some of our contact information out of the way. If you want to contact me, a couple of easy ways to do it. You can send me an email direct at thearmedape at gmail.com. Or if you want to call and leave me a message, we've actually had some pretty good luck with the voicemail and stuff. I've been real happy with how that's been working out. So if you want to call and just say, hey, how you doing? This is so-and-so from such-and-such a place. Uh, I, I, like I said, I always get a big kick out of hearing from you guys. It's a real pick me up when I do get stuff and I know I'm not going to get tons and tons of junk every week. And sometimes I'll have some stuff one week and not a whole lot the next, but like I said, I love hearing from you guys. So if you want to do your own review, if you want to uh, just send in a quick email, again, you can do that at the at gmail.com. You can also send me an uh, MP3 there. If you would like to Again, do your review or just drop a message through the voicemail. And a lot of times that's easier. You can just do a real quick call. That's area code 206-339-3266. And I'll say that again. That's area code 206-339-3266. This last week I only got one email and that was from Ross and Ross had actually left a short message on the uh, voicemail before and he wrote in an email talking about the Netflix stuff, how it's set up a little bit. So I'll go ahead and read that real quick. He writes, Hello Tony, I just wanted to give my two cents on the players. This is what I use currently. I have a computer that I built running WinVista with ATI video card connected via HDMI. I have used the Roku player. It's okay. If you're planning to use this, I think you'd be happy with it. I have also used a Samsung TV that had the ability to use Netflix built in. So long as you set up your instant Queue on a computer, it works well. I do professional installation of high-end systems and can give pointers if needed. Did you get all that? Clear as mud. Anyways, thanks for the shows. Keep it up. Thanks, Ross. P.S. You know, I sounded pretty stupid when you played me on the show. I think I'll stick with email. So, first of all, thanks a little much, Ross, for writing in. I really appreciate that. Um, got a big kick out of that. You know, it's funny when I the very first time I heard myself played back when I when I started doing the podcast and stuff. I was like, oh boy, do I really sound like that? Everybody thinks they sound goofy. Uh, the reality is, nobody you really nobody really sounds as goofy on the on that stuff. So, if you want to send in another voicemail, and this isn't just for us, it goes out to everybody, you know, please feel free to use the the voicemail line and send one in. like I said. Everybody thinks they kind of sound goofy when they hear themselves played back, but you really don't. And it's all in good fun. It makes the show more fun. So all right, um, coincidentally, we had gone over and done some babysitting for some friends of ours, and they actually happened to have a Samsung TV. They got like a big, I think fifty or fifty one inch plasma. And they also have a Samsung Blu-ray player, and they've got his. And the way that they've got theirs is, it's hooked up and it goes uh, wireless. So they don't. I don't think they use the actual cable. I think it's all done wireless. And he showed me a little bit how to use it, and then they took off. And um, the kids were in the other room, and so I was playing around with it a little bit. And it it does look like with the um, with the Netflix thing. Well, first of all, let me say, it had Netflix on it, a blockbuster thing, a deal called Pandora, which it seemed like maybe that was uh, maybe a music channel. I didn't really look at that, so I don't know. And then it also had a deal for YouTube. So I looked and goofed around with the uh, Netflix thing a little bit, Um, but I didn't really play any of the movies on there. Most of them were, I I should have, but most of them were kind of kids' movies and stuff like that. It looked, it looked, again, like you had to actually set that up in a queue or maybe pick those movies and then have them set up probably in your computer. But what was really neat was that I was able to do the YouTube stuff. Now, I was pleasantly surprised at the, the level of quality that it was. And, you know, on YouTube, sometimes you watch a video and the quality of it is really good. And sometimes you can have quality that's real crap. And I guess the couple that I looked at, the, the very first one I looked at was probably one of those that would be real high quality, you know, anyway, if, you, if you're just watching it on your computer. Um, but it blew up pretty good, and you got some, I don't know if they call it uh, pixelation or artifacts or whatever they call it. Anyway, you could see some of the little squares even on that one that was decent quality, but not, not too bad, just very rarely, maybe when there was a little bit of fast motion, and, uh, actually what I was watching was a video by a guy, well, he hadn't put it on there. It was, uh, a scene from one of his DVDs, a guy named Ray Mears, who does a lot of outdoor stuff and what's referred to sometimes as bushcraft, which is outdoor skills and, uh, you know, knowing how to use your, uh, your knife and how to camp well, basically is, is, and how to, to, uh, survive out in the wild type stuff. So anyway, I watched one of those and the quality of it. Like I said, that first one was actually really good. I was pretty impressed with it. Then I pulled up a couple of more and those were probably about medium quality but still very watchable. And it's funny, and you, there's a, an option where when the screen first comes up, you have a uh, kind of a little window and then you can push that and go full screen. And when you go full screen, especially on something that big, and, and again, this stuff, wouldn't have been high definition, uh coming from the YouTube feed, but uh you could see a lot of detail in there that you normally just are not able to see on on your regular screen uh at home. So I was again I thought it was pretty neat. Um I haven't had any experience with uh the Samsung Samsung excuse me stuff. So I don't know as far as quality. I mean his looked fine and everything. Uh, but I don't know. I've, my, uh, some other friends of ours have a Sony and I've watched that and that's pretty neat, but of course theirs is a little smaller. So I don't know if the bigger that you go, you know, you're going to need, uh, I don't know if, uh, the model or the kind that, 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 Sony that they had, if you went up to the bigger size, cause I think they're, they got like a 37 inch and, uh, we're looking at maybe trying to get probably... I don't think our space would really kind of tolerate, so to speak. I think it'd be a little overwhelming if we went larger than probably about 46. So we'll probably stick with something about 42 to 46 or 47 inches. And I think that'll be real good for the space that we have. And what I'm wondering is if I'm going kind of up beyond that 40 inch TV range, is there certain brands that I need to stay away from? You know, it's a lot of times it's hard to tell when you go in the store Number one, a lot of times they don't have high def stuff pumping in, or if they do, maybe it's kind of split, or uh, you know, you can't—they don't really have the TV tweaked the way it needs to be, or so it's hard to tell. But uh, like I said, I was pretty impressed with that YouTube stuff. The Netflix stuff, like I said, we didn't really goof around with, and um, I'd like to see kind of how that did, but it loaded up pretty. quickly. Uh, pretty well. The only other thing that I would say that maybe was kind of a, not a negative, but maybe just a quirk of it was that it seemed to take a long time to kind of boot that stuff up. And I don't know if you actually had a cable that was plugged into it. You know, if you were running an actual, maybe a, a LAN line, and then going like an HDMI or something like that from there, if, if it would load up a little bit better. And then from my understanding too, with the Netflix stuff, you don't. It doesn't download everything. Let's say, like onto your into your Blu-ray player and then play the movie from there. I think it streams it. So uh, and on mine, like I've said before in the past, eh. The uh, sometimes the streaming on it isn't that great. So, but anyway, uh, thanks again for all you guys. Thanks again, Ross, for uh, giving me a little update on that stuff. And if anybody else has any other information or any other brands that they've had good luck with, uh, do kind of a review on it and go ahead and send it in. Because if, if I've got a question or if there's something out there that you guys think, well, um, you know, I'd like to, uh, you know, I wonder if Tony would like to know about this or something like that. Or if you have a question about something, uh, send those things in. Because if you've got a question about something or you'd like to know about something, I can guarantee you, There's other people out there that are listening that have the exact same question that you do, or maybe they've got that product that you're thinking about buying and uh, they can send in the stuff. And again, if you think you sound goofy, you don't have to do an MP3 or a a voicemail. Just go ahead and send in an email, write it up. Uh, But a lot of times it's easier just to kind of call up that voicemail or do that MP3 and pop it over to me. Um, It also, it actually makes it a little bit easier than you don't have to have my dopey voice reading your voicemail. Um, So, let's go ahead and take a quick musical break, and then when we get back, what we'll do is we'll uh, play our knife reviews. Alright, enjoy! My name's Dangerously. Johnny Dangerously. my fellow monkeys let's go ahead and jump into the review the first one we got is going to be from rich and it's going to be on the rat rc5 take it away rich
1: hi this is uh, rich in phoenix arizona i wanted to say that i'm enjoying the armed ape podcast and i am going to do a review on a knife called the rc5 by rat cutlery um it is a field knife it was designed by SEER instructors specifically. Um, SEER is the term for survival, evade, resist, and escape training. It's what um, down pilots use to train on how to escape, evade. Obviously, it's self explanatory. Um, it's a very heavy duty knife. It has uh, 1095 carbon steel, it is uh, 5.25 inches long. Um, It's a very, very sturdy knife. Uh, When I was in the Marines, I had a K-Bar that I have actually snapped in half, and I could guarantee between what I had in in the Marines and what this thing is, that that would definitely not happen. Um, It has an unconditional warranty. I actually spoke to the owners of the company, and they said if I were to take a torch and cut the knife in half and call them and tell them I took a torch and cut the knife in half, that it would still be warranted. it is a no questions asked warranty I believe I paid about $130 for it when I first bought it it had a uh, soft sheath with the Molly connectors and since then they've come out with a kydex sheath which uh, I've also ordered and, and purchased I like that much better the Molly um, one had two straps on it so that it could be attached if you were going to use it for any type of paratrooper training the uh, thing I found it is going in and out of the sheath, it was actually starting to cut the straps away because the knife was so sharp. So the Kydex, I, it's obviously not a problem, and it comes with a, uh, belt, a belt clip. Um, I've seen some reviews on YouTube on it. It has, uh, you know, it's supposed to be pretty much indestructible. I've actually done some testing myself, taking it, jabbing it into... You know, um, two-by-fours, turning it sideways, does no damage to the tip. Uh, I've beaten it when I've been out in the desert camping Um, other than, you know, needing a sharpening. The knife is solid. It has on the end a glass breaker, and there's even a small indention on the handle that is for a bow drill so that if you wanted to start a fire out there with a bow drill, that you have something to put to the top of your stick to put downward pressure. Um, it's a it's a great knife. It's definitely solid. It, it's heavy. It, it is definitely not going to be, you know, a concealed carry knife. It is a it, definite hardcore camping survival knife. Um, anyway, just wanted to do a quick review let you know i would absolutely recommend it to anybody if anybody else has a knife or has any other other cutler, rat color knives um you know let me know what you think but i really enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to getting some other of their products they came out with some new machetes that are pretty cool so anyway thanks for putting on the
0: show and thanks for what you do for us bye hey rich thanks for doing that review I do have one question, and I'm sure a bunch of our fellow monkeys there have a, a question, the same question too. They want to know what you were doing when you broke that knife, when you snapped that K-bar. I think you had said that if you thought if you were doing the same thing with the rat that it wouldn't have broken. So if you have time, either send me an email or just call the voicemail and leave us a quick little message about how you broke that K-bar. I think everybody would be interested in hearing that. Uh, let's talk a few things about Rich's review. He said that what he paid for it was around $130. I went online and uh, you can find them for about that. What I kind of would sometimes I'd find one for, you know, a little bit cheaper, but then once you add in shipping and stuff, it comes out to about the same. So probably anywhere from about 130 to $150 would be I think probably a, a, the average price, and that though should include a sheath of some kind. So it should in, include the sheath either talked about or, or maybe somebody throws in a Kydex sheath with it or something like that. Especially if you're buying something like that used and not from an actual retailer, you might be able to get a little bit better deal. Uh, but of course, you know, you may there may be some cosmetic imperfections with it or something like that. You know, because especially if they've used them, uh, you know the as, as far as like the blade thickness on that that makes a huge difference you wouldn't think that uh, the difference of you know an eighth of an inch or maybe an extra 16th of an inch even sometimes would make that big of a difference but it really does it, it does it's nice to have a good thick blade uh, because when you are out there in the woods you can take it out there and you can kind of beat on it and you just you have confidence that it's not going to snap or that it's not going to bend uh, and render the knife pretty much unusable for you. There are a few um, schools of thought as far as the differences in between the steel. I actually happen to like the, the carbon steel, the high carbon steels. I think the, um, for me they're better. Uh, the downside to them can be that they may rust a little easier. Or that They can rust up pretty quick or that you can get a patina on them. For me, I don't mind the patina. I've never, I've had a lot of carbon blades. I've never ever had one rust to the point to where it couldn't be usable or couldn't be salvaged. But it, again, it's real easy to take care of them. Just put a little light coating of oil on them. You know, clean them, maintain them, and, and they'll be fine. They'll last you for years and years. Now, going going back to uh, the the price that Richard paid, some of you guys out there may say, "Holy shit, that's a lot of money to pay for a knife." again though you look at it kind of as an investment that quality of a knife that you're getting that thing will last him for as long as he wants to have it Uh, and as long as he doesn't you know i mean you can make anything fail if you want so as long as he doesn't push it to the point to where the blade breaks or like he had said in his thing if he takes out a torch or a grinder a grinding wheel you can cut it in half you know so you can destroy him uh, but if he's using it as it was intended and even pushing it a little bit further, that light, that knife will, will last him pretty much a lifetime. So now, one of the things when we talk about when we talk about knives, you have to understand that knives, although there's lots of videos of guys out there, you know, chopping through wood and batoning with them and really digging into wood and doing stuff with them, the the real purpose of a knife primarily is a cutter. They're not really designed to to be made really uh, to get optimum use out of them as big choppers and things. Although, you know, there are a lot of um, different companies out there that market their knives that way, that you can use these to really chop through the wood and stuff like that. And they do a good job. But there are things out there that would process that wood better. And the reason sometimes that you... It's kind of like sometimes the knives are kind of like a multi-tool, so you have to really look at what your knife is designed to do. Because a little Kershaw leak that I carry isn't gonna, it cannot hold up and do the same things that 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 uh, that rat knife of his is gonna do, and vice versa. There's some things that that little leak knife is gonna be much better at than that big, thick, heavy blade of his knife. So again, look at what the knives are designed for. Um, and know that they all are going to have limitations. They're all going to have strengths and weaknesses. For me, the the length of that blade, he has what you would probably consider to be, oh, like a, a medium sized knife. Um, and I think if you look at the actual size. Of his knife that he's got, I think he said the the overall length was around almost 11 inches. It had like about a five inch blade on there, I think is what he said, or maybe about five and a quarter inch blade, I think is what he said. Um, I actually, and that's that's a decent size. Some bushcrafting guys or guys that are gonna do that would say, oh, that that knife is a little big. Other guys who go out in the camp, who go out in camp and do stuff. And prefer a bigger knife are going to say ah that's a little bit too small. If you'd go a little bit bigger, you'd get um, you'd get a heavier blade, and that would allow you to to uh, chop through stuff easier and process things you know easier to process wood and do some other things. For me, I would be ha- I I prefer a, a blade that's probably around anywhere from about seven to eight inches long, which is going to give you kind of an overall length probably. Oh, of around maybe 13 inches or so, 12 to 13 inches. And for me, that's a good size knife that I like because that lets me process pretty good sized chunks of wood. I've got some pretty good weight without it starting to get too heavy. And if I was going to carry a, a knife much bigger than that, for me, what I would probably do would be to go to a, uh, maybe a, a medium size hatchet or start carrying an axe with me. To, to process the big wood, or I would maybe look at carrying, um, a smaller knife in a combination with a saw or something like that. So, and again, there's all sorts of different philosophies and views. And you, again, you have to look at what that knife was designed for, but his is a real good, that's a real good compromise for me. Uh, I actually like just a little bit larger blade and a little bit, uh, a little bit longer blade for me. And that's what I like to carry because then the weight doesn't get too heavy and um i think that knife i think his would weigh probably maybe about i think i can't remember if he said it or not maybe about a pound maybe a little bit more uh maybe right around in there which isn't that bad for carrying um most of us you know when we're going out camping and doing stuff and and screwing around in the woods we're not hiking 25 miles with this stuff so you know a little bit of extra weight isn't going to make that big of a deal um Let's see, what else was I going to talk about? I had another point here. Oh, I know what it was. I was going to kind of compare it to the knife that I actually like to carry out into the woods. And that is, I have a, um, it's called the Chopweiler, and it's by Swamp Rat Knives. And I actually got this used from another guy that, that uh, obviously, had had it before me if I'm buying it used. But I don't think that guy had really used it much. I think he probably got it and maybe maybe you wanted something a little bit bigger, or a little bit smaller. I actually really like mine and it's not that much bigger than what Rich has. Uh, as far as blade thickness and things like that, it's going to be the same. We've got the same type of, uh, of handle material, which is like a micarta. And, um, on mine, the overall blade or the overall length is right at about 13 inches, maybe a little bit. The blade length is, um, Again, it's about that seven and a half, which I actually like because that gives me um, the ability to process kind of the, uh, oh logs. I can process logs pretty easy that are around uh, right around probably about four and a half to five inches. And really, for doing for camp, you're not going to be you don't really want to be doing that with a with a knife much more. If you are just, you might as well if you're going bigger than that. You probably either need to have an axe, or you need to have a uh, some type of a saw to make that easier for you, because you're just gonna you're just gonna expend way more energy than you need to. Uh, but I I really like my knife, and what I may do is I'll maybe next show I'll do a review of this. I know I've been talking about it for a little bit, um, but I tell you again, are the the blade thicknesses of them are, are about the same. The width of them, and I I've pulled this up here, um, the blade width on mine is about an inch and three quarters, maybe a touch, a touch bigger. And, uh, you know, so the, the actual knife, if you had them side by side, the two knives, mine wouldn't be that much bigger. Um, but again, I just, I just prefer it. And that's the size that, that I like. And, uh, but if somebody gave me or, or said, you know, this is the the knife you're going to carry, that the Rat Five, that would be, I'd be perfectly happy to go into the woods with that. I think it's a good, tough knife, uh, well designed. Um, so that's kind of enough on that. What we'll do is, before in the show I had said, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. We'll wrap up the the review on that. So again, Rich, if you can and if you have enough time, go ahead, let us tell us the story of what happened with that K-bar. I'd be curious to know. Uh, what you did on that and how you broke it so anyway um oh one other thing and on of course these are both fixed blades so they're not folders at all and with that and he had talked about having a good sheath in his stuff a good sheath is 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 just as important as having a good quality knife you need to have something that's going to stand up that's not going to fall apart that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to cost tons and tons of money you can get a good decent sheath again it needs to fit your knife it needs to uh, it needs to to be able to retain it to protect it um, it also needs to be able to either fit on your on your belt or your pack or however you're gonna you're gonna carry it uh, in a way that's comfortable but and, and still yet secure for you um, let's see one other thing oh another thing that I thought was pretty cool about that and, uh, I'm actually on the website now, but I looked at the, uh, the pictures of, he was talking about having that indentation for a bow drill and the glass breaker. Those are all pretty cool things. On the end of mine, the tang, uh, kind of comes out, but it's not really that pointed thing. It's more rounded. Um, so I don't know that I could necessarily break glass or break. And when they're talking about a, a glass breaker, they're not really talking about just like the glass you have in your house. They're talking about... Uh, you know car glass or or maybe like a plate glass something that's really going to shatter that safety glass and stuff but uh, again i think that rat knife is really pretty cool and like i said i would uh, from what i know of the kind of the the construction of it and uh, the look of it and the thickness of it i don't think i would be I, i don't think i'd have any hesitation to take that things into the woods into the woods with me let's go ahead that'll be the wrap up for that for rich Earlier I said that I had only gotten the one email, but I had actually gotten another email. Well, good going, stupid. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So we'll go ahead and I'll read that now, and this is from Jens. If you remember, Jens had done a uh, review on uh, some reloading equipment, and he actually did it on a Lee Press, the Lee uh, Pro 1000. And there was a song that I played on last show, and it had uh, German lyrics. <clears throat> and so I, I'd asked, you know, kind of jokingly, oh, is you know, Yenzo will have to help me out with that translation. And basically he wrote in and just said, I'll just go ahead and read it. It just says, Hi, Tony, the song revolves around how you're nothing in this world without money. And then he says, If you like, I can try and translate the lyrics. And I, I wrote him back and said, No, nah, don't worry about that. Uh, and continuing with his email, My first job was translating manuals for software. And over the last couple of decades, I've become more or less bilingual and deeply suspicious of other people's translation. I can remember one manual for a simple cooler that had a section originally headed troubleshooting. This translated as two words troubleshooting, resulting in riot gunfight. Uh, One famous mistranslation is in Total Recall, where the guy with the scanner says, I have a lock. The German translation, and uh, you have to forgive me on this one, Jens, uh, ich habe ein Schloss. Translate back to either I have a padlock or I have a castle, but never to I have a signal or I got him. So uh, hopefully my uh, my German there wasn't too bad. As for the uh, let's see, I'll continue on. As for other reloading equipment, the single stage press I bought is a Lyman Crusher II, also used but in much better condition than Lee. The handle has a bit of sideways wobble, and the plastic collar that catches spent primers doesn't hold all that many of them. Now, what he talks about next I thought thought was a really neat idea. Uh, Some time ago, I bought a 357-38 carbide die set made or marketed by Simplex, an Australian company. That included... Not only the split nuts that I that you mentioned when talking about Hornady's die sets, but also a simple washer to switch from 357 to 38 and back. The washer is one eighth inch thick, so with it on, you're loading 357 magnum without it 38 special, and that allows you to, to you don't have to uh, adjust the dies that way. And then he closes with "Keep up the great work, Yen. So Yens, again, thanks so much for. Um, for sending that in and clearing that stuff up i really think that's a neat idea about that washer that actually it makes a lot of sense um for those of you guys that don't know the basically the the bullet is the same in 38 and 357 uh the difference comes in in the case uh and, and one thing um the case is actually longer in the 357 magnum uh so But anyway, uh, what we'll do is we'll, uh, I think I'll go ahead and play Alex's review and he's doing his review on the the Jim Wagner reality base blade. And if you go, you can go to jimwagnertraining.com and, uh, you'll be able to under the online store, take a look at the knife that Alex is talking about. Uh, you can also find it online. There's some, uh, reviews of, of, uh, Jim Wagner stuff on, uh, YouTube, So without further ado, let's jump over into Alex's review.
2: Hey there, fellow monkeys. This is Alex Haddocks from the Practical Defense Podcast. I have a product review to share this week, and rather than a firearm, I'm going to look at a folding pocket knife. The knife in question is my daily carry blade, the Jim Wagner reality-based blade in the recurve model. Now, in full disclosure, I know the knife designer Jim Wagner personally. I'm one of his certified instructors. In fact, I might be his only level 3 instructor in the United States. I've also appeared on Jim's instructional DVDs, and I'm going to be in his latest book, set to publish in the fall. His DVDs and books are published by Black Belt Magazine. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's look at the product. Jim based his design of the knife on his years of experience with the military, police, and training in Kali, which is a Filipino knife-fighting martial art. He wanted something that was functional in any number of daily circumstances that could also be used in an emergency or survival situations. When he was approached by Boker Knives, a German knife manufacturer, to design his ultimate knife, he jumped at the opportunity. And on a side note, Boker built Jim a state-of-the-art knife training facility in their corporate headquarters and manufacturing plant in Germany. Jim flies out there a few times a year to conduct training for civilians, military, and law enforcement. First, let's look at the general specs of the knife. According to the documentation, both sides of the 440C stainless steel blade are flat ground for easy resharpening. The blade is black coated, which provides additional corrosion resistance. The overall length when it's opened is 9 inches, and the blade length is 3 and seven-eighths inches. Now the length is an important factor. This knife is legal to carry concealed in California where I live. Now in other states, it might not be legal. For example, in Arkansas, the blade length needs to be less than 3 inches for carry. Also, your city may preempt your state laws about knife carry. Now, of course, my hometown of Los Angeles has more restrictive knife carry laws than the state itself. So before we go any further, I'm going to strongly recommend that you research your local laws regarding knife carry. Also, there is a great book you should check out. It's entitled Knife Laws of the 50 States by David Wong. Okay, back to the reality-based blade recurve model. Now, this knife comes in two editions, one with a partial serration and another with a completely smooth blade. I prefer the edition with serrations as it makes it more utilitarian. I've been in situations where a pure smooth blade was just inadequate. Once when I was horseback riding, we came upon another rider whose horse had fallen into a ditch and could not get off its side. It was laying down in the ditch on its right side, and the saddle was preventing it from getting its feet back under it. I tried to cut the saddle off the animal with my pocket knife, and the smooth blade just could not cut through the leather saddle straps. Now fortunately, a friend had a knife with serrations, and the serrations to slice through the leather like butter. After that experience, all of my utility knives always have serrations. The good news is that once we got the saddle off the animal, we were able to help it back to its feet, and it was unharmed. Now let's take a look at the knife handle. All of the reality-based blades share the same handle. I love this handle, and it's one of my favorite features. It has ergonomic finger grooves with an anti-slip texturing and a thumb guide slide. It fits my hand perfectly and comfortably. You can get a really solid grip that isn't going to slip when your hand gets sweaty from usage in the sun. The thumb guide slide directs your thumb right onto the opening nut mounted to the back of the blade. There's also a window breaker mounted to the end of the handle opposite the blade joint. It comes with a clip kit so that you can swap out the standard glass breaker tip into a tip that looks more like a ballpoint pen clicker. This is so that if you carry the knife clipped to the inside of your pocket, it'll look more like a ballpoint pen than a knife. It just helps you keep a low profile, and I am all about keeping a low profile. With the blade in the retracted position, the knife can also be used as a secure high impact weapon. Now, within the handle are solid stainless steel liners, and it has a solid lockback system. Now, trust me, once this knife is locked open, it is going to stay open. Nothing short of complete destruction is going to release that blade. Finally, the knife has not one but two lanyard holes. This makes it easier to mount the knife to a stick or pole in a crisis situation. Now, most survival knives only have one hole for a lanyard for mounting to a stick, but that only secures one end of the knife, allowing the other to become loose and wobble. Jim specifically included two holes so that you could secure both the blade and the end to a stick to giving it two solid mounting points. Now, uncommon to most other knives, there is a training version of the reality-based blades. The handle, the features, and the internal workings are identical to the edged blades. However, In the training version, the blade is dulled so as to reduce the chance of injury. So you can practice self-defense with a knife that is identical in feel and weight, but without the risk of cutting your partner or destroying your training dummies. Now, the training blade is still made of steel, so you always need to exercise caution when you train with another person. You can still hurt someone with it, just not cut them. You always want to practice with eye protection and employ safety measures. The list price for the knife is around $80. If you shop around, you can find it for just under $60. The trainer version lists for about $60 and retails for about $45. So that covers the Jim Wagner Reality based Blade Recurve model. With some admitted bias, I love this knife and I highly recommend it and I carry it daily. Thanks for letting me contribute to your show, Tony. I really appreciate it. Until next time, my fellow monkeys, stay aware and stay safe
0: hey thanks brother for doing that um you know kind of like we were talking about before in that knives are very purpose uh, purpose designed things so that knife that that he was talking about that's not necessarily the knife that you're going to want to take with you into the woods to go camping with however i do think it is a really good everyday carry knife now i don't know for me i don't think i would have a problem with carrying a little bit bigger blade what i usually carry every day and it's more just for convenience i have a kershaw leak and that's an assisted opener which means you've got a little a little hump on the back of the knife and you as you press it the blade will flip open Uh, it's also got some rudimentary thumb studs on there but i i tend to, to prefer to to use the excuse me the assisted opener on the back now, there's a lot of things that I like about that Jim Wagner knife. And the one of the main things that I really like about it is I like that it has that glass breaker on the on the back. And again, that's not going to... It's for if you got trapped in a car or something, or, or again, you needed maybe to get somebody out. Somebody's trapped in there, the door is rammed shut, and you need to get access to them. You could break out that window or break out a windscreen to help get somebody out and uh and those things it's almost like magic you know when you when you hit those things with a hammer they'll kind of like spider and uh spider web and crack and you hit that thing with one of those window breakers and man it just it just shatters so i like having that you know years ago i'd looked at a um oh i think it was in like a big five sporting goods store i had looked at a knife that had one of those little window breakers on the bottom of it and it was a uh, I think it was a Jeep it was rebranded with Jeep but it, it was I thought it was kind of cheapo and I always wanted something that was a little bit more quality but now I've had a uh, a chance to kind of look at this stuff I actually like the design of it I like having the, also that little pop pocket clip thing that kind of disguises it that could be kind of neat especially if you're in an area where people kind of wig out about stuff like that you know the reality is though a lot of times most people don't even notice that thing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about cost. Alex had said that his blade on uh, you could you could get it for uh, a little bit, maybe under sixty, and you can you can find it for that on there. A lot of times you'll go to these sites though, because I looked around because I'm interested in getting one actually. And about the cheapest I could find was around like fifty-five bucks, but once you add in shipping, it's probably going to be closer to like sixty-five. If though you're looking at um, at the actual website like jim's website it's a little bit more uh again kind of take that for what it's worth they're all the same knives in my opinion you get the best deal that you can get and what i mean by that is there's no reason for you to pay thirty dollars more if you can get the i think the knife price on there was eighty nine dollars well if you can get it for $59, why wouldn't you do it? And That's what I mean by saying that all the knives are the same. It's the exact same knife. So, uh, you know, again, that's one of the things we talk about here too, making sure you you get the best for the money that you're spending. Uh, but I like the, the design of the knife. Um, I'd like, again, I'd like to try one out and just see sort of how big it is. Now they make, when I was doing a little bit of research, they make one that looks like it's an assisted opener and it the the way that the you've got a little in in a recess not a recess but a button that you press on it and that flicks the blade out and like i said i'm real fond of assisted openers i've always just i've got kind of a soft spot for them but if you're looking one way you can tell uh, let's say if the picture on a website isn't that great the the model number I guess a lot of times will end in 053 and that's for the one that is not an assisted opener and that will have that thumb kind of that thumb assist or that thumb stud on the bottom of the on the back of the blade and the other one I think is 055 if you want one that's the assisted opener and also like there are some uh, some reviews on YouTube with them the ones that I've seen though there are just usually somebody it's kind of a close-up of the knife in their hand and they're manipulating the blade and flipping it around there's a couple where they talk about it. One of them was in Italian or something. I don't know. So that didn't really do me any good. But uh, if anybody else out there has one, or Alex, if you don't mind, <clears throat> if you have enough time, I'm sure Yeah, you, you got nothing else better to do than drop everything and put a video up on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and do a do a review online so that people can see that. It always helps. I mean, this is it's nice on this show to be able to talk stuff through and... And kind of look at different things, but it's also pretty neat to be able to see them. And I would say Rich could do the same thing, but there's there for his actual knife. There's tons of them that are on there, uh, way more than than are for this blade. Uh, but I do like I do like the overall design of the blade. Um, I think you can reverse the pocket clips on them. But anyway, I see I'm kind of wandering and babbling here and getting off track a little bit. Like I said, I do like I like some of the features of that thing. I would like to hold one and just see. How it feels in the pocket, whether it's going to feel too heavy or not. It weighs on the website. It's saying it weighs about 6.2 ounces. Eh, maybe, maybe not. You know, I don't know. I, you can get used to just about anything. So, and I prefer actually a smooth, um, a smooth blade all the way with no serrations. But after hearing his review and some of the things, if you're going to use it, and, and what I would primarily use it for and have it for would be to Either cut somebody out of a seatbelt, or to extricate myself, and and I'd like to have something. Probably, even though I, I prefer the smooth, I think what I'll end up getting will be the one with the serrations. And uh, I'm still going gonna go back and forth on whether I want to get one that's an assisted opener, or whether I'll get the one where you just sort of use the thumb. You use your thumb. Now, having said that, I have a couple of knives that are you pretty much just use the thumb. open it with and what you can do you can get to where it's almost an assist it it has it it opens just as quick as an assisted opener as you're as you're rotating the blade kind of out from the handles you just sort of rotate and flip your wrist at the same time and it it basically uh, it slings the blade out and it locks it up so i want to thank both you guys and everybody that wrote in and stuff for doing that i appreciate the time that i that you guys put into it and i know that the other people that are listening uh appreciate all that appreciate the time and effort that it takes to do that as well now speaking of some appreciation i have some more appreciation to throw out for you guys the uh that survey that's on the website and that does it for that allows me to track the numbers and everything i think we've got 12 or 13 of them now so thank you guys so much for doing that i don't know again if it's if it's ever going to do any good but i i really appreciate the time that you guys spent for doing uh, spent in doing that i know it's uh you know it doesn't take that long to do but it's still you know time out of your day that you took to uh, to help me out oh man uh i gotta take this hold on a second guys hello okay that's enough ball sucking oh boy i tell you everybody is a critic well i tell you what that is gonna wrap it up for today hope you guys have enjoyed the show i tried to get it out this weekend but it just didn't happen so and uh actually this week is going to be real super busy so i don't know if i'm going to be able to uh get a show out this weekend or not it'll just depend on how how some things go and we got a lot of kind of family stuff that's coming up so i don't know whether i'll have the time to do a show actually this weekend so anyway sorry about that guys and uh but still, go ahead and email or do a review, send some stuff in. If i got a bunch of reviews or things like that, uh, I could probably uh, cobble a show together a little bit quicker, uh, and then we could uh, get something for this coming week. But if not, we'll uh, take a week off, and then we'll come back next week. All right, I'll see you later, monkeys.
2: This guy's got a monkey scrotum, and he's bragging about it. Okay, let's go, fatty. <laughs>